we might see this pop up as a unique B style in the USBA style guidelines. And that will have been pioneered out of Australia. So I think that's very cool. Welcome to Brews News Week, recording on 16 June 2022. I'm Matt Kirkegaard, founder and editor of Brews News, and I'm joined by industry consultant Sabrina Kunz. Welcome, Sabrina. Morning, Matt. Now, we don't have award-winning journalist uh, Claire Burnett because Claire's off on holidays. You know, having won her award, she's going to take it on a world tour the week after next, and she's a little bit worried with COVID going around and not having had it. She doesn't want to start her holidays with COVID, so uh, she's... At, at the Burnett Bunker. Um, <laughs> keeping herself keeping safe. Keeping yourself safe and well. And uh, yeah, the, the the phone line out in the Vale is a, is, isn't always great. So it'll just be uh, Sabrina and I. Um, anyway, let's not speak about us too much. Let's talk about the news that you need to use if you bruise, brew. Um, number one, Endeavour Group teams up with CUB for a new beer style. Endeavour Group has collaborated with Carlton United Brewery's innovation arm Fire and Earth Ventures to develop what it says is the country's newest beer style, the Australian Wheat Ale. The Australian Wheat Beer, instead of using traditional Belgian or German yeast style, uses a neutral, clean fermenting yeast along with Australian malt from suppliers including Barrett Burst and Malting and the Eclipse Hop, which was launched in 2020 by Hop Products Australia. Versions of the style have been developed by Matilda Bay, Mountain Goat, Pirate Life, Four Pines and Green Beacon. And if they sound familiar to you, it's because we've also written about those businesses as having been taken over by CUB or Asahi or the combined entity over the last few years. Um, And so... Endeavour Group has partnered with them. So, interesting one, lots to discuss. No doubt we will be returning to that in Below the Fold. So, in a new turn for me, I'm going to read some news. Um, New categories and scoring for the Indies. The Independent Brewers Association has announced changes to the Indies from this year, including new categories, an updated scoring system and updated trophies to ensure the awards are more consumer-friendly. The decisions come as a result of a major review undertaken by the industry body following issues with the award scoring system last year, which prompted corrections to Indies Champion Brewery trophies in 2019, 2020 and 2021. Some of the changes that are being made include uh, Champion Brew Pub trophy to be removed for 2022, provenance of beer, where it's produced is to be included is part of the entry process the decision that a beer with any fault whatsoever will not be awarded a medal and I know that one um, is going to be worth some conversation Uh, the juicy hazy category has been introduced the no low category is to be introduced formally session hybrid category renamed specialty mixed culture renamed fruit and funk the competition's smallest categories amber dark ale porter stout to be combined as amber dark beer New champion state and size brewery scoring procedures um, and similar to the AIBAs, the Indies will require that the commercial name and entry class be stylistically similar. Yes, and uh, next story, winners announced for the 2022 Perth Beer Awards. Last Friday, the Perth Royal Beer Awards were held at this at the Silver Jubilee Pavilion with 67 golds awarded, 172 silver and 143 bronze medals, and there were 22 trophies given out to brewers across Western Australia. The big winners were Rocky Ridge Brewing Company that won Champion Large Brewery, Other Side Brewing Company won Champion Medium Brewery, Artisan Brewing won Champion Small Brewery, and Campus Brewing won Champion New Exhibitor. And Rocky Ridge also took out Champion Beer from memory, which was a Gradisky which was interesting. Did you try it? I didn't try it. Okay. But I'm looking forward to chatting about this. We will. So another blow the fold. 
Brick Lane to open in former Melbourne Hotel. Brick Lane Brewing has announced it has been awarded the long-term lease for the well-known Meerkat Cross Hotel in Melbourne's Queen Victoria Market precinct. As part of the $450 million redevelopment of the site, a new Brick Lane bar and restaurant will be launched in 2023, pending approvals. Advert placement issues highlighted by ABAC. Recent ABAC rulings have highlighted issues around social media tagging for alcohol brands. A complaint that concerned the placement of a Carlton Draft advertisement within a YouTube video aimed at those suffering depression highlighted the issues with placement in online content that relies on the correct tagging of content and exclusionary practices by the alcohol advertiser. The adjudicating ABAC panel for another complaint regarding a beer brand called 4020 also offered some important guidelines for alcohol brands with regard to tag photos on social media. Elsewhere, Funk Cider's Sex Machine Cider was ruled in breach of ABAC rules which prohibit the association of an alcoholic beverage with sexual success. <laughs> no doubt uh, we will be discussing that more um, in Below the Fold. And another thing we'll be discussing below the fold will be Bridge Road Equity Crowdfund that we've now seen the financials and we can sort of talk about it meaningfully, but we have not had a chance to speak to Ben to do a story. So that may even be up today uh, or tomorrow by the time you read this, but we will discuss below the fold. So if you're pause with your finger on the start button on the brew deck, if you're in between sales calls, you can get back about your day with the news that you can use while you choose your brews. <laughs> and if not, if you want to keep listening and hear what we think about the news, then you can join us below the fold. We've travelled this week, so we don't have Claire, um, who was uh, you know, running things for us and holding, holding the fort, but you and I got across to uh, WA. For the conference? For, for, the, for, for the Wubba conference, and what an amazing event they put on um i was there a couple of years ago and they had a trade show that was a couple of card tables and then just a couple of chats huge step up um it's really grown um from what they've said in the last three years but you know 400 attendees if you assume there's sort of 100 between you know those exhibiting and um speakers you know to have 300 people in attendance from just the western australian industry um and the quality of you know the talks, um, the the stuff that was going on around those couple of days, WA Beer Week. It was really a lovely celebration of beer and brewing in WA. Um, and there's so much, as as we know, that you know can be taken out of that for the rest of the industry. So hold fire for podcasts you might be seeing coming out of Brews News with some of those chats. We've got five or six of the chats um, that we hosted. Um, so yes, I don't want to. Watch out for them in the Brewery Pro channel. If you are a listener and haven't subscribed to Brewery Pro um, in your podcast feed, just ju- jump on um, and see it because we've got chats about everything old is new again, how, how to engage younger you know, under 40s. We've got building a world-class brew pub. We've got how to create an ale trail. Some really great voices really, that really, are bringing yeah. smart things to the industry. So that's good. The, the thing that really struck me about Perth, just on, on what you were saying, was... Yep. Wobber has always been a creature of itself. Um, it, it was always the strongest, I think I'm fair in saying, state-based brewers association in the days before what is now the IBA. You had VAMI, um, the Victorian Association of Microbreweries, and Wobber were, were, were the two, and Samba, you know, a couple of states tried to get them going. You go over there and you just see how engaged the Western Australian industry is, mm. and I think, you know, Anyone from Queensland who goes over there goes, oh, look, we need to do this. To some extent, WA has had to 
have that because it's so far and so yeah. expensive from anywhere. So they've got a very tight, you know, su- self-supportive, um, you know, in industry, um, and they need to do a lot of things themselves. Um, but at the same time, they just do it so well, and they engage in the thing that they've got. So it was really, really exciting to see. And their state government. I mean, there were probably. I know six or seven representatives from departments really? of the state okay. government there participating on panels, um, talking about things that they were going to do in the future. And I know in the Bruce News State of the States, WA came out as one of where the state government was actually investing real dollars um, in all sorts of aspects on tourism, manufacturing grants, so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, it really does show that, you know, the IBA is a national organisation. Uh, they can have state chapters. But what WA has done so well is engage the state level of government, not regional government. Um, and we know, um, being in Queensland here, we've often found that incredibly frustrating. So, uh, that was exactly what I was thinking. So in Queensland, that was the first state to do a craft beer strategy. So there was just a window-dressing glossy document because they paid a lot of money to have Brewdog here to compete against the local industry. But they would not go... Like You, you might have... One person, if you're lucky, attend. I'd, I'd not seen those six, um, you know, representatives. Yeah, and and engaged in really interesting. You know, there were folks there from agri- the agricultural side. There were folks there from the manufacturing side. There were folks there from the tourism side. And so, real engagement from a state government, and and what that is 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 turning into is real investment mm. from the state government in terms of dollars. Um, and each state is different. We know that New South Wales, um, you know, in the state of the states also scored well. They've been investing, including through the IBA in that report. Um, but it really was one that said, as the industry works more together through an association, there's a place specifically for the state government to engage so they know they engage with WABA. WABA can bring the people together. WABA is actually engaging with the IBA who are engaging with with um, regional and state governments and it actually just means the whole machine is really powerful for industry. Um, and I left going, gee, it would be really great to see that example um, elsewhere. Um, and I'm sure that that is happening in pockets but um, WA clearly you know, Wobber have really um, stood the state in good test in that space. Absolutely. So, and then the awards. Um, the awards. Um, the awards, <laughs> no, the awards it? night itself, it, you know, it is this really tricky thing as industry. So the Perth Beer Awards are run by the Agricultural um, Society equivalent, which is sort of many of the royal shows around the country. And because they are not of industry, sometimes the intricacies of what makes um, a good awards night for the industry and what um, really needs to be celebrated or not. Um, it, you they, know, they, sometimes the people who put these things on are celebrating themselves. You know, as venerable old, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself out there and say this. Um, you know, I know, I know that you're. I'm trying to be. You're, delicate. you're trying to be delicate. Yeah, and look, these are very important very storied, you know, um, important agricultural-based institutions in, in the States. And they've been around for a long, long time and they have been incredibly important. Their relevance and importance has evolved and changed and sometimes they put themselves at the centre of these awards, not the industries that they're supposedly celebrating. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to say there are a couple of misses. Um, there are a couple of misses and... Um, 
And what's unfortunate about the awards presentation is there's a couple of misses in the awards presentation and that should not take away mm. from the winners of the awards themselves who have – um, you know, and the, the integrity of the awards that's and what those sorts of things, the, yeah. The, the rigorousness of the awards, that, but it just, when it doesn't, um, when the execution of the awards night isn't as brilliant as it could be, um, it does, you know, detract a little bit from the very, very deserved winners. And, mm. I mean, we've, um, I've had quite a bit of... You're much um, more delicate than I am. I'm We're making I'm, the same point. Because I loved it, you know, wonderful to be there, really, and we work with them, Um so. And the breweries and the the breweries themselves, you know, um, you know, the beer was great. People were happy. It's a real casual kind of event. It was really lovely, um, and it was great to see, you know, a broad range of winners on the night. And uh, to your point, a very um, unique beer style. It's interesting. We're starting to see out of best beer. I, I don't know. Um, a couple of years ago, um, in New Zealand, best beer was um, the Deep Creek Solera. This year we saw at the AIBAs it was a fruited sour, yep. wasn't it? And then we've just saw the Grodsky win the champion trophy. Champion. So, so best beer. It is was in- the first beer that I had, and it was I, th- I think it was like a, a, a mid strength, slightly smoked wheat ale. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 I, I won't call anybody out because I don't have their permission to, but I was speaking to somebody who you know has been a you know a stalwart of the brewing industry nationally, you know, very influential um, and, a, and, a, and a palate that – an intimidating palate, just so excited um, to have even tried the beer before mm. it became a, you know, um, a thing. And it's such an obscure little-known beer style. Um, yeah, so that's – it's interesting that we, we're starting to see that, um, you know, these little-known beer styles can win best beer. Mm. Right? And, and it wasn't heavily Actually, smoked. It, like it, 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 it was a, such an elegant, elegant beer. Um, that last week, Ian Watson and I sort of talked about. You know, bold hops don't really go with anything. You know, the, yep. and, and the, the the way that craft beer has evolved has been, you know, huge bitterness, huge fruit, huge haze, huge everything to try and stand out. And this was an obscure beer. Well, maybe it this is so an, elegant. This is maybe a nice segue into um, if we're moving away from heavy hops. What about Australian wheat beer? Oh, so this okay. is our next. Um, you Go know. and read the story. Um, this is one of those stories that you get a media release that you know doesn't because it's written by PR people designed to sell a product and designed to spin a, a story. You don't get the full thing. So, essentially, a number of CUB-owned breweries have produced a what's been called a new beer style, um, and it's for, for for sale. So it was all all about that. So you know, so Pirate Life, it's a, it's a, it's an Australian wheat ale, Australian barley, Australian developed hops. Um, it, it brings in something that we've talked about quite a bit on the podcast: is what happened to wheat beers? You know, um, wit wit beers. You know, the the Belgian style and wheat beers. In the early days of craft, they were the things that people came back having tried and, you know, all breweries had one, consumers, because it was all you could get, but they were, they never really took off the way that the hops and everything did. And there was always a, a question about why that was. And now suddenly you've got the biggest retailer in the country going, hey, we want to create something that we're going to market as this, you know, a, a new Australian beer style. 
I actually think they're answering a lot of the questions that we've been asking over the last five years because they have the best data in the country um, for what sells, what consumers want, you know, and insights. And they've gleaned that from selling craft beers over an extended period of time that have been made by small independent retailers. And this is an opportunity that they've then packaged up and taken to the biggest brewery in the country with all of their, and I'm, I'm going to use this very unfairly, the faux craft brands, um, you know, uh, the, the, the not small independent ones, to execute the, 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 the strategy. And we've said for a while, small brewers, this is where your data is going into this machine that is going to be used against you. And I think this is an example of that. There is a whole lot that you want to talk about, I know. Yeah. So I went somewhere completely different to you, which is not uncommon. Um, but I went, oh, this is so awesome because, you it know. It can be my, both things. At yeah, it can be both. That's the point. But I came at it from a different perspective, which was I went, yeah, you know, what Australia has struggled with is – so if we look at what New Zealand has done really well in terms of linking really closely its agricultural um, exports, its its hops with its beer, and, and it's created this brand New Zealand and, and that has resulted in, you know, being able to, you know, New Zealand hops and NZ IPA and NZ Pale becoming, you know, internationally recognised styles. Um, it, it's done a lot for tourism. And what Australia has kind of not done well, not with – at a global level, notwithstanding its achievements um, for individual beer styles, but it hasn't sort of packaged up this kind of brand Australia around, um, you know, linking the hops and and what's grown here with the beer itself by creating these styles. And it's done those, you you know, we talked about Pacific Ale, but Pacific Ale isn't a internationally recognised unique beer style. But Aussie wheat beer has the potential to be that, um, for Australia and I actually thought it's great that somebody's invested energy time into thinking this through. Small, There's nothing preventing small breweries from going out and making this style. Go and, out and make it. I yeah. suspect you're probably not going to get ranged at the biggest retailer who you know, is love your local. Um, but that's fine. You're going to have your local at your local brew pub. Um, you're going to have that offering and if the retailer is driving – you by advertising a Aussie wheat um, for somebody to then come into your brew pub and say, hey, do you have one of those Aussie wheats? Just like um, small brew pubs now make all their own craft lagers because punters want a lager. If punters want an Aussie wheat ale um, and they're going to come in because there's a big marketing push by the national retailers and and you can make one that is The rising tide lifts all boats and... In all of this. But I just went, you know, this is great. This is maybe something that people can get behind. We do have an abundance of wheat in this country. That is great to be using our local product. It is great that our local hops grow, hop grower and, and their new hop is being showcased in this. Actually, this is great for Australian beer. Small breweries can leverage it. Let's yes, go. I, I will not... Disagree with you. I guess I'm just touching back to the recent Dan Murphy's campaign that is trying to humanise what is essentially a big, voracious machine that is just going to plough over anything that gets in its way. It it may do some good along the way, but it's going to do a lot of damage. Look, I'm not suggesting it's not good business. Um, It wouldn't be happening if it wasn't good business. I'm just saying that... Well, good business for a very big business. It's good business for for Endeavour. It's good business for... um, Incidentally, and I I did try the Pirate Life one at Gabs 
Cool. Lovely. Yes. In fact, I went back and had multiple. It was one of those beers you can really, really enjoy. So in terms of the beer style and all of the things you're saying. So I would hope that in a few years' time when there are enough of these being made um, and that enough of a camp and, you know, it'll be a slow burn, um, just like Pacific Ale was at the start, we might see this pop up as a unique beer style in the USBA style guidelines. And that will have been pioneered out of Australia. So I think that's very cool. So, if you were going to make a brand new <laughs> if Aussie you're going to jump on ale, the uh, Aussie Weed Ale bandwagon. And you needed to create new labels, stickers, or packaging, Matt, where would you go? Rowling's labels, stickers, and packaging, by any chance? Yes, yes, that's where you should go, Matt. That's where you should go because they're able to supply labels for your Aussie Wheat Ale. They're able to supply cartons for your Aussie Wheat Ale. For whatever um, you, you want to do, they can do it. Talk to the guys there because they are awesome. They're excellent. And you can find the number in the show notes. But if you just wanted to sort of commit it to memory the way that we have, one 852 to discuss further. And we thank Rallings for all of their support, not only of us, but of the brewing industry. Indies? Indies? Look, Indies is, like, Indies is a big one. So that they've done a big review. Um, I think... I would really love to hear from brewers. I haven't seen too much discussion online the way that we have with, for example, the Aussie Wheat Ale that's it's just Pacific Ale or it's just whatever. Um, but we'd love to, if you are a brewer or you're somebody who is considering entering, we'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, get the discussion going about the um, the Indies review and the, the competition. What what do you think? What do you think of the competition change? Anything that stands out that you would like to hear some feedback on? Yeah, because the, the awards open, I think they said on the 18th of July. So it's coming up and I think what's a challenge with the number of changes that, you know, if you're – it's difficult to see it as a whole until it's happened once, right? They all look like little individual changes but until they've done this year's worth of awards and you can really see how that um, comes together, um, it might be difficult to sort of see what that all means. Um, But definitely there was some chat around a few different items – uh, in WA, particularly around this, um, the decision that a beer with any fault whatsoever will not be awarded a medal. So it'll be interesting to see how um, that flows through, you know, the processes of judging and what that means for people who are considering entering. So, yeah, it'd be good to see some chat and some feedback around that. Uh, Brick Lane, very exciting for Brick Lane. Actually, actually it's a big um, scoop. So, and we're talking here about Brick Lane to open the former Melbourne Hotel, um, which is near the Queen Victoria Markets. And they've had the Porridge rights, I, I, I think it was the porridge yeah. rights at Queen Victoria Markets for some time. Um, it's been quite successful and you know, it was a bit of a coup for them then. But this would have been the sort of thing that the big brewers would have been sniffing around this opportunity because it's a, it's a big opportunity. So it's mm. nice to see a, you know, I'll say small indie, um, even though they're a, a rather big, you know. Independent. Independent, in, independent of the big two, yeah, yep. um, take this opportunity. You know, I looked at it and thought it's really interesting. Like Brick Lane have, um, I don't want to say, played a different game from the start. You know, they've had a really different approach. And, um, you know, this – we've talked a little bit uh, – I know Claire's done some articles and discussions recently about the investment by breweries in historical buildings and what it actually means to communities to get those um, – you know, up and running again and back to their former glory. And so I saw this very much as one of those stories around, you know, the area really needed some redevelopment Mm. um, to see, you know, Brick Lane have really um, approached 
the Mel- Melbourne and, and National Beer scene, you know, a little bit differently. They partner in the um, wine um, food, Melbourne, good food and wine. Good yep. food and wine. They really are playing in that space around um, food, food and beer, um, and, and sort of really targeting um, investing rather, in category. I call that. Yeah, know. so not playing that. I don't know how to explain it, but not sort of really going. We're, we're driving for the craft consumer. They aren't sort of building products that are really um, hyper local. We're gonna. They they've approached their business approach completely differently and this seems like a nice fit for them because it's an iconic Melbourne space. Um, it's rife for development so they are investing, um, you know, Brick Lane are investing in something that needs improvement and it's, you know, it's it's the right brand fit for them. Mm. I, I just thought it seemed like the right answer for Brick Lane but to your point it could easily have been one of the big brewers. And, and, and yeah, like, I, I take you, I think you're spot on. You know, they're, they're investing in the category, not necessarily the niche of the craft category. They're investing in the beer category. In, in, in yeah, they're trying way. to bring new consumers to beer. They're a polarizing brand to a lot of yep. people um, because of, and they, they have been bef- since before. They, because uh, of the they, approach they is so yep. different to yep. how a lot of other independent breweries in particular have gone about their business. Um, but this just seemed like a really good fit. So moving on, advert placement issues highlighted by ABAC. Um, go read it. Make yourself aware of it. Um, it just proves, we've discussed it at length before, how difficult it is to make sure that if you are outsourcing your ad buys as part of these packages, mm. that the people that are doing that work on your behalf are really extraordinarily careful. And this is... Yeah, <laughs> On one hand, you would expect me to say this, given I work in the brewing industry. Um, but you know, I would be very, very surprised if anybody consciously no. bought an ad that targeted those suffering depression with an alcohol ad. No. Um, yeah. And you know, but but of course, we're an industry journal in in a lot of ways. So yeah, I mean, this is to me, this is a classic. The algorithms. Um, can't keep up with the, mm. the with the number of variables in the ad buy placement, um, which incidentally is no excuse. But the people that are making a lot of money selling those algorithms to sell your ad buys um, aren't the ones who are going to be held accountable mm. when um, things like this occur. And so how well, do you manage that? I guess I just gave that disclaimer about my in self-interest, you know, or our business's self-interest and – because I was going to say, whereas fair, um, no doubt, because you know, they are so convinced of the evil intentions of the alcohol industry that they may well suggest, or you know, part of their narrative. So certainly, their narrative online is that this is yeah. deliberate play, and I'm, I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle ground. It's just things can't keep up, and it, and they, they're like, it, it's kind of. I don't know if you saw. Um, you know when you when you see those funny juxtapositions of news story versus yeah. r- you know, rolling thing, this happens because when you don't have people making decisions in the moment, and you've got machines and machine learning and algorithms, you're going to have these these things, and they'll keep up, they'll change, and they'll they'll, they'll catch but up. It, but it makes the point, like everything in business, that that managing these contracts. Is such a you know um, 
not to bring it back to your um, the, the, one of the panels at Wobble was marketing to millenn- to younger millennials, and the point there was that there's a change in demographics between you know um, eighteen plus to thirty two. But one of the big pieces out of that was talking about how to to reach the right audiences and actually and how many platforms there are to manage and the complexity of managing mm. your presence across uh, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. We didn't really get into Twitch and Discord and, and, and so on and so forth. And the point is that managing these ads is another aspect of that, but how much um, marketing is – such a significant part of a business now and is often under-resourced in Mm. those businesses and it just comes back to this is a great example of you put your brand out there um something goes wrong your brand is held accountable not the people who place the ad Mm. that said um sex machine cider i don't think we needed an algorithm to know that that that, that was a pretty that was that was a gimme for for fair and abac but quite apart from the abac things is that really how we want to be positioning the industry? What was that horrible new one that we just saw out of – was it out of WA? Oh, it was out of WA. It was a contract. It was uh, – Take the piss, on the piss or something. It was awful. It was just awful. And it, it yeah, was I just can't remember awful. What it is, but it's, and I was like, why? Like that is just everything that everybody says about the alcohol industry. That is where you are pitching yourself, and that is not good for the whole of industry. And I hope and that it's often every no surprise that they're contract brands because if you haven't invested in stainless, yeah, like, you've got no not skin that there's in the anything game. wrong with contract brewing, and I don't want to, it's not no a problem. No skin in the game, but it's probably no mistake that the people that have the lowest standards are the ones who just go, hey, "I've got this great idea. I'll go order, you know." 10 pallets of beer, I'll be able to flog this stuff off and make a bit of money because they don't give a shit about... Well, I just hope that every bar that um, trades on, you know, um, drink quality, not quantity, every retailer just gives brands like that Mm. no time of day because it is not good for industry. Hello everyone, Matt here. Just letting you know that originally we discussed the Bridge Road crowdsource funding campaign here. It was a lengthy chat, especially given the valuation in this case. After recording, Ben Krause reached out to us and offered to chat through the valuation and we thought in that case it was best that we had the discussion directly with him and you could listen in. We'll hopefully have that chat for you very, very soon. So in the meantime, on with the rest of the show. Okay, so Matt, We've got a brewery of the week. week. Yes. Brewery of the week. So because, dear listener, we are often um, not as organised as one could be when it comes to selecting a beer – um, and because well, and we've all had different beers, so we end up with five beers of the week yeah, instead and it of one. And because we want to showcase actually the work that breweries are doing, um, we've um, spoken to our good friends at Bluestone Yeast, and they've um, supported a move for us to talk about a brewery of the week. So, brewery of the week is brought to you by Bluestone Yeast. Did your last shipment of liquid yeast turn up warm and half dead? Did you pay thousands of dollars for liquid yeast that arrived at the brewery warm and non-viable? Well, did you know that Bluestone Yeast ensures that your liquid yeast arrives at the brewery cold, fresh and ready to pitch to make award-winning beer? Because they are local, there are no delays with customs or 
Aquis. The yeast leaves their lab and goes straight to your door using trusted freight companies. You can reach out to them at info at bluestoneyeast.com.au or call Derek on 03 8518 and talk all things yeast. So thank you to Bluestone Yeast. As I said at the top of the program, we went to WA for the conference and uh, had a lovely lunch at Blaster. Um, and I'd actually been there the day before, um, uh, on, before I went to the footy at Optus Stadium and had a few Gage Roads beers, um, which was nice. So fancy. But, um, and I actually took a photograph because hospitality, food, you know, getting away from the standard offerings. Um, I was really, really impressed with the, the interesting tweaks that they had with some classic, you know, food and things and just the presentation and was, and, you know, the, the, the beers we've known for a while were good. But just the venue, the service, the hospitality, there was just so much to, to like and recommend about it. Yeah, so Mike Morgan from Blaster is just such a lovely guy and it's one of those things that, you know, you talk about the vibe of a company or the vibe of a business, but um, he's really lovely and it really flowed through into their venue. So you arrived, I arrived with my toddler child in tow um, and, you know, I asked them where would be the best place for us to sit to get out of the way and they were immediately helpful, um, got out menus, told you there were coffee, you know, there was a coffee offering, there was a child play area and all of those things seem superfluous but when you're looking at a hospitality experience or when you're looking at I could come and enjoy myself, have good quality beers, get great quality service, eat, as you say, interesting and good food – but there was somewhere for kiddo to go. We could get a coffee when we first arrived because we were between breakfast and lunch. And it was just all seamless, great parking, good road signage. I know all of these little things that nobody cares about. Um, bathrooms, bathrooms were clean. Every aspect of it was a pleasurable experience. Um, and, you know, that's kind of – that's that's the point, right? That's what we're looking for. So if you're headed for the West Coast – um, <laughs> and, they're, they're, and, and, and you should, by the way. Like you did. Oh, I just so if now you, the borders are open. You can yep. go there. And there are direct flights, um, Kylie from the IBA informed me between Melbourne and Bustleton. So if you haven't done Margaret River and you want to get down to, you know, um, award-winning breweries down Not there, the Bustleton's in Bustleton. But no, anyway. but I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> so there's that route, and that's really quick. So yeah, you can get down there. And Blaster was lovely, and it's close to the stadium. Um, and yeah. So congratulations! Ten yeah. out of so ten. So that, that is our brewery of the week, um, and you know there's no commercial considerations there because uh, that was we just happened to both be there. Did anyway. Um, quick mailbag. Lots of just dis- actually there's a lot of discussion about sunshine wheat. Join the um, well follow Brews News on Facebook because that's where you see the stories and the discussion, or jump on the Radio Brews News. Facebook group where we also talk about other things. So nice email. Probably shouldn't give the name just in case um, we didn't check. Um, but congratulations on the discussion with Ian about brewery staff well-being. Uh, and he said it struck a chord with him for the brewing industry to become an employer of choice, and as such, keep new brewers joining the industry. And I'm going to parenthesise keep existing brewers and skills um, in the industry, we need to start paying attention to what future we are creating for our people. Passion is a finite resource, and that's what I've been saying for a while. It's something that the industry minds. Um, Ian raised some excellent points, and I found myself shouting, or saying out loud, finally someone is talking about this. Uh, I'm just like, we've been doing it for a while. Maybe it's just that it came from a brewer and, and not us as commentators. 
Yeah, and I think it makes a difference when uh, you know your peers are talking about it to feel heard. Do you know what mm, I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we're not poor peers. We're sort of of the industry, not in the industry. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So, yeah, so that was a, a, a great um, – and the email – I should say, are brought to you by the www.nzaletrail.com or at New Zealand Ale Trail on social media to find the best experiences. We thank them for their support. So let us know what you think, as always. That wraps up another week of news and some fairly strong views. Your hosts have been me, Matt Kirkegaard, Sabrina Kunz, and Claire Burnett listening from the wings, who will hopefully be back for one last one last, you make it sound, uh, one episode before, before her holiday. Uh, before her well, well-earned holiday, but yeah. Um, so get used to not hearing it for a little while. Um, the show is produced by Vivian Topalovic and edited by Joe Helder. We thank Cry Malt, Rallings Label Stickers and Packaging, Bluestone Yeast, New Zealand Ale Trail, Thirsty Merchants for their support in making this episode, and we thank you all for listening. As I said, you can share your thoughts by emailing producer at bruisenews.com.au or leaving a review on your favourite podcasting service. And with that, we're boomless, but we're out. <laughs>